Hello, and this week's episode's first is Extinction, where Clark doesn't save Lana, and he ends up being the most dangerous prey. Lex ponders about his ability to evade death. Then, in slumber, Clark has a not-so-bad dream about Lana until they're interrupted by a scared girl, while Lionel is showing Chloe her place. This is the Smallville Chronicles. Hello again, I'm Liz Gonzalez. Joining me as always is Alan Muir. Again, two good episodes. Yeah, um, these are really good episodes. Um, I think they're they're not they're slightly less good than I think the first two, and I actually like the next two, which we were just talking about before we started. I just watched. Um, I like the next two better, but they're still really good, especially just this wait, first one. Just wait till we get to episode nineteen. Yeah, this is like I, I really like this season. Um, but this first episode, okay. All right. Well, I believe Craig is still here because it says it's recording. Sorry. I don't know if you saw. I got like a message that like the other thing dropped out. Yeah. Reverse Craig had to bounce. Yeah. So robots are bad. Um, This first episode is real interesting. It opens up like a bunch of doorways for the rest of the season and kind of the show going forward. And basically it starts off like we're back at the high school. Two dudes are talking to each other, Van and Jake. And then the one is really into Lana because because she's Lana. Yeah. And they also comment about how she's single now. And then I believe we go right to Lana swimming by herself at the school pool late at night. Yeah. And then we see a creepy shot of the, of uh, Gilboy. Yeah. Jake, which isn't. So he's just sitting at the bottom of the pool and then decides to attack her and he try freaked. to kill her because. Yeah. This reminded me much of like I I gotta look up and see when this movie was, but like Swim Fan. Uh this was this episode was two thousand three. So Swim Fan was oh two. So I'm guessing somebody saw that and was like, Oh, we could totally do something like that on this. Because I think they have a very similar scene of like somebody hiding underneath the water. Um, but he gets shot, he gets like sniper shot, and Lana is saved and then that person disappears. And then they find at the bottom of the pool a meteor rock with the word freak scratched into it, which I did not notice at first that it was a meteor rock. I obviously saw the green part that said freak, but I think the next time we see the rocks, they are shown that they're meteor rocks, which is interesting. So the next day, uh, basically, Pete starts comparing Clark to the guy, the shooter, and Clark's like, no, that's we're not the same thing. Basically, like, I don't kill people. And then he's just like, well. Oh, yeah. They bring up Tandy Greer, uh, Greg Arkin. Is that the bug boy from episode yeah. one? Who's for all intents no, no, and purposes two. episode two? He, for all intents and purposes, dead. Yeah, because they don't they don't know otherwise at this point, which still doesn't make sense how that he gets brought back like way down the line. But still, he's basically dead. And do they bring up somebody else? Uh, they well, they bring up Tina's the big one. She says Tina, uh, Greg, and Jake, but there's like. There's a lot more. Like, even the first episode, the coach is dead. Um, I'm trying to think who else have been, like, meteor people. Oh, Actually, uh, I, ha- I have a, I have the on the Smallville wiki the Lana and Chloe's scorecard because she brings Chloe into this. Okay. So, for t- for lethal attempts against Lana, Tina Greer, Ian Randall, Emily Dinsmore's clone, uh, Jake Pollan in this episode, uh, Greg Arkin, and Byron Moore. Who's Byron Moore? 
Oh, he was the. Uh, is that vampire kid? Werewolf yeah, kid? Yeah. Oh God, damn it. And yeah, Chloe has icicle dude. Uh, Sean Kelvin, Justin Gaines, Coach Walt, Ian Randall, and a member of Wade Mahaney's gang in Kinetic. Jesus. Okay. Yeah. So, the, I for my recollection, the only meteor freak who hasn't died was Amy Adams' character. They didn't have like a basically on-screen death. And then yeah. one of the tattoo guys, I think, survived as well. Because I think one of them gets arrested at the end of it. The other one gets the car dropped on him. But yeah, it is interesting that like, <laughs> they're just like, yeah, what about all of these people? And it's like, well, like, I didn't kill them. They kind of killed themselves. But he basically punted Bug Boy into like a wall. And then he like broke into a lot of bugs. Oh, no, didn't yeah. something fall on him? And then he broke into like a million bugs? Yeah, he got um, Wicked Witch of the West. Yeah, so, and what's funny is this is after, like, straight up Lana killed somebody, like, in the episode right before this. Yeah. <laughs> there is a lot of continuity issues, like, in these episodes. Like, in the, I don't remember if it was this one or the next one where Clark gets the car. I think it's the next one, right? Yeah. Yeah, because, like, I'm like, oh, I'm like, I watched the next two episodes. That truck has not shown up yet. <laughs> I was like, what happened to his truck? He's still driving on the red piece of garbage. But we'll get to that in the next episode. So basically. And the reason that Tina Greer is brought up is because in Visage, the the lieutenant or the military recruiter that you oh, killed yes, yes. is Van's father. Yep. Yeah. We, they don't explicitly say that in this episode. They just say that. I think they say Tina killed him, but they don't say that it's the guy that was going to uh, Whitney's house. To inform the mom. I don't think they connect the dots officially for us, like outright, but it's if you've been watching the show, you're gonna be like, Oh, it's that guy. Yeah. Cause I don't think the pictures are the same actor. Oh no, it's that. it's two different actors. Yeah, so that's also confusing. Now from this point, we jump to the Luther story. So this is when Lionel says that he took there's a fifty million dollar life insurance pol- life insurance policy on Lex. And Lionel's like, well, if you something happens to you, the company should be compensated and Lex is not comfortable with this. And he also says if he doesn't sign it, um, like he can't work there because everybody that works there has it. And then we also get so after, right after this, Chloe visits Lionel in Metropolis at his Metropolis office and says that this is her last Daily Planet column. And then he basically is like uh, because she's like saying, I'm not going to work for you. And he's like, oh, that's too bad because your dad just bought a new house, like put a down payment yeah, on a new house. That was that was just straight up evil. Yeah, well, it's like straight up like quintessential line. He's like, oh, that's terrible. Your dad's going to be so disappointed. What do you mean my dad's going to be disappointed? Well, he was going to surprise you because he just put like a huge down payment on a new house and like this like luxury community. And she's like, he can't afford that. It's like, oh, because he didn't tell you that like he just got promoted to like a really high ranking level. It'd be really terrible for him to lose his job. And, and she's Chloe's like, like, you can't do that. And he's like, yes, I can. He's like, I own the company. Now yeah. <laughs> go do what I said and get out of my face, child. And I was like, oh, this is awesome. But it's also one of those scenes. It's like, oh, this is like one of the characters getting like a hard reality check of like, no, people don't have to do things just because like it's the right thing to do. Like he can't like there's no reason for him not to do this stuff because it's his company. Like he could do whatever he wants. But it is also like great to show that he is like a complete like does not care about anybody else whatsoever. Yeah, one of the, her exact quote to, or her exact quote to Lionel is you're so low, you're subterranean. Mm-hmm. God, Lionel's the best. 
Yeah, he is such. I mean, it's a great character, and he's a great actor doing it. So next we get. It's actually the, I think the best part. Uh, the best parts of this episode are like him and Lex, and even this scene as well. Um, the stuff with the high school stuff is a little bit like eh, until it gets like really crazy, then it's like real interesting. But like this middle ground with like all the setup is like really tedious. I found it, which is why I don't put it as good as the last two episodes or the next two. Yeah, because there's a lot of like, oh, like the next thing it's like, oh, Clark is walking up to go talk to Van and he has a police scanner in his locker. (laughs) It's like, okay, way to not be obvious guy. And Clark's like, well, him and his dad were close because he sees some picture. It's like, all right, well, he just has a picture of him and his dad. And then then we actually get some real intelligence, which is from Chloe, that Jake is not the first person that there's been two other people with meteor rocks next to them. And one was a mechanic. And who, who she claimed that could stretch. Yeah, so and that then could the, have been just a just in, like an Easter egg to Elongated Man or Plastic Man. Yeah, well, there's like a ton of those type of characters, and especially in DC. I think there's like another one, too, that I can't remember. Um, but this is when they find out that his dad was killed by Tina Greer. Chloe thinks that he's avenging his father's death but since she's already dead by killing other metahumans. Yeah, and then... I think we jump to the hunting cabin. Oh uh, yeah, when yeah. he's just trying to tell Clark, just get we we can't be here. We can't be here. It's illegal. It's illegal. Yeah, it's like yeah, we already broke into his locker, into his house. So like, yeah, <laughs> he's like legit. Is like yeah, we we took we went to his locker, his house. Like, do we need to go into everything? And then Clark X-rays finds a room with all like an arsenal of weapons, and then a hit list on the wall, which is exactly like printouts. Very good, tr- high quality oh, printouts. Yeah. <laughs> I was like, oh, they used a lot of color ink. <laughs> I wonder how many times he had to go back to Kinko's. Oh my god. But yeah, so they're the printouts from Chloe's like because basically Chloe Spacey says that she's been building like a list of possible meteor freaks. So they find his hit list, and the first one that they pick up is Lex. So they think and I think our Lex has an X through his face or something like that, right? Yeah. Because yeah, there's a reason why they think Lex is next. So Clark o, Lex is leaving his building in Metro- the Luther building in Metropolis. And then we see across the street is, oh my God, what is his name? Jake? No, Van. Yeah. Is basically positioned to like snipe him out. And Clark shows up, like palms the first bullet and then kind of tackles Lex to the ground while the Porsche gets shot up. It's our first wrecked car in these episodes. Yeah. Finally returned to glory. Oh, we get one in each, I believe. Yeah, we get one in each oh, episode. Oh, the, the next one is even better. So, and then they get Lex inside. Clark sees him, starts chasing him. He tackles Van, and then his bag, all the rocks with Freak on it fall out and land by Clark, which are meteor rocks. So he, like, leaves one on his chest and is basically like, oh, I see how this hurts you, and then he runs away. And I believe, so Clark and Lex wonder why Lex was on the hit list. Lionel comes in to check on Lex and informs him that his life insurance hit a snag because he's had so many near-death experiences, yeah. <laughs> which is true. He's had like six at this point, and we're like in the beginning of season three because there's the start with there's the car crash. There's um, wasn't he? He was in like an ex, he was in like an explosion in season one with the handshake guy. Obviously, the plane thing that just happened. What just happened now? And like people, the the breaking it. Like people are constantly going after Lex. It's just like, you know, also he's one of the people who has, should have massive CTE because he gets hit in the yeah. head all of the time. Oh, he got kidnapped by the fake mom and she tried to kill him with an axe. 
when she had him hostage. Yeah, he got, and he got a he got hit in the head in that episode. So this is when Lex starts to ponder, which I never remembered, and I think you brought it up when we first started. Is he's wondering out loud if he's ever been sick since the meteor shower? Yeah, he straight up asks Lionel if, yeah. and he said that he had asthma, and that's just about it. And but it went away after the meteor shower. Yeah. So I was like, oh, I never put those things together. And then, and the we'll get to the, when we get to the next time we are on, we record. Um, there is another thing in the next episode too, or not the next episode, the next pair. Um, so this is where Clark and Chloe, uh, Clark asks Chloe why she think Van went after Lex, and basically confirms like it's the near death experiences, and she has like all the medical files on Lex, and says that he has an elevated white blood cell count. Yeah. And then this is when Clark puts together that the hit list is exactly the same as Chloe's. And she realizes that Van got access to the database through the network computers because he set them up, which is something really weird. They don't usually let students set up a school network. Yeah. And this is when Clark gives the list to Sheriff Adams uh, in hope of catching the next thing. And she's like, well, there's like no reason not to be like almost immediately. Yeah, she dismisses it, but then she's like, well, there's no reason not to be, like, cautious. Yeah. And then Lana asks about Lex and Clark. Basically, they have, like, Lana and Clark have an interesting conversation because she's like, yeah, I've been attacked by all these people. It seems like whenever they get abilities, they turn evil. And Clark's like, well, it's really intolerant of you. Like, you don't know what's going on. They didn't ask for these things. And she does make a good point because basically at this point, we haven't seen anyone specifically with people given meteor powers do anything good. The only character we've seen do anything good with powers besides Clark was Ryan, and he did not get his powers from the meteor rocks. Is there anyone like that you can think of? Because at this point, I don't think there's anybody. Yeah, I, don't, I can't think of anyone. Yeah. The, only, the only one is coming up next season. Yeah, I know that they do it. They do it more going forward, but at this point, I think everybody's a bad guy because you have uh, art. Like even like I'm trying to remember. There's like artist guy that has telekinesis that kills the principal. Like yeah, everybody is like becomes a murderer. But some of them it's not by choice. Like um, what's her name? Uh, Amy Adams' character. Like she's not wanting to do it. She's doing it because she she has to, and she purposely like gets like tries to stop herself from killing Pete as well. Yeah. So it's more like they're kind of positioning it as like the abilities. Oh, you know, there's one person um, in the handshake thing. The other guy. Oh, Kyle Tippett. Yes. But he did start off also fleecing people, but then he felt bad about it. Yeah. But he's like the only person, but the other guy was also super horrible. So I guess it made up for it. But yeah, for the most part, that's she's kind of right. So then we have Van. This is actually an awesome scene and like so insane where Van's like full on Rambo in the woods. Oh, yeah. We're making kryptonite bullets. Yeah. And I just love whenever they do outdoor scenes that are supposed to be Kansas. <laughs> and it's got it's so obviously Vancouver. Yeah. It's like, oh, this totally does not look like the Pacific Northwest with all of these like ferns and everything in it, which he must have been freezing because he's totally shirtless smelting kryptonite and turning it into bullets. Well, after this, he went on to Desperate Housewives, so... Well, yeah. Um, yeah, he gets a long shirtless scene. And I did think it's funny. I was wondering, I was like sitting there, I'm like, I wonder how they did that effect. And I was like, I think it's just like radiator fluid to get like that neon green. Yeah, it has to be. 
because I was like, oh, like it's I was like, oh, maybe they just dyed water. But I'm like, it's kind of um, trying to think of the right word, like the way it kind of like the light hits it. It's like, oh, I thought it's like, oh, maybe there's like an LED light in the thing. But then it was still like neon. I was like, I don't know if they had like special effects to kind of do that for a TV budget here. So I was guessing it was like some sort of easily available chemical that they could make look kind of green. But I did think this was an awesome scene, like just him making the bullets and then like the whole thing. Although he only puts them in the water for like a half a second and then just like touches it with his hands. Yeah. But it does set up the awesome where he just like snipes the shit out of Clark. Although like he Clark sees it and I loved I was like, oh, it goes right through his hand and into his shoulder, which was really awesome. Like, I was like, oh, that is super visceral where he's just like it like goes through his hand and Clark's like, oh, no, I didn't catch that. I just realized I just remembered someone who wasn't uh, affected by the meteor rocks. The old woman who could see the future. Oh, yes. Well, she also couldn't. But yes, she's a blind old woman, which is funny because that episode also has the old man who then goes into the water, turns young and murders people. And then like repeats the process. Yes. So, yeah, I guess like for everyone that like whenever they have like two or whenever someone does it, that's not there's another person in the episode that's like super evil with the powers. Is this the same with the handshake guy? Because the other guy like makes people kill themselves like all the time. Because it's basically how remember how he starts off the episode with like the EPA guy and makes him like jump out the window. Yeah. So after Clark gets shocked, Jonathan brings him inside. And oh, I just want to, I just love the effect shot where you see the bullet go through the palm. Oh yeah. It looked really like it for their effects. Like, like it, it's just like, it was a great idea. Like I love the idea of him trying to catch it when he's just like, Oh, I hear a bullet. Oh, here it is. Blah, blah, blah. And yeah, like his face of just like, Oh no. <laughs> and then, yeah. They drag him inside and have to do like Martha gets the bowl of hot water. And Jonathan is like taking a pair of, ply like needle nose pliers and jabbing them into clark's shoulder which again looks really well because like their practical effect looks great which is probably like a pretty simple like effect but like it looked really good when he pulls the bullet out but i did think it was funny that he pulls it out and then him and martha stare at it for like a good beat and then he like throws it at her and it's like get that away from him but they like literally stare at it for like a good like oh it's a kryptonite bullet it's like well what else did you think it was but I did like Clark, like the wound. Uh, I like the effect too of like the the poison because actually Art. like the yeah the like you actually saw like the green line starting to spread out. Like it was a cool effect. Like and very, I, I also like the Wolverine effect of or the regeneration effect. Oh yes, it looked awesome when it was like pulling back in. Yeah. Yeah. Um. So, but then Clark is still like knocked out. But that is it's one of the best effects, like back to back kind of effect things that we've seen in any episode so far. I really dug it. So after this, uh, Van goes to Lana and is basically like, I need your help. You know, I saved yeah, your life. Because, yeah, because I saved your life, you now owe me. Yeah, which again shows that he's not like Clark at all. And then she's like, oh, man, like, what's going on? He's like, oh, and your stupid boyfriend that, like, is bulletproof. I saw him catch a bullet before. And she's like, wait, what? And he's like, but don't worry, I took care of it. She's like, what do you mean you took care of it? It's like, oh, I made some special bullets. Don't worry, Clark's not going to be a problem for anybody anymore. And she basically like loses her shit, and then she like pushes him away, or she pushes him down her like cellar. Or she said he says something like, "The only thing worse than a meteor freak is like a meteor love or like a freak lover or something." Yeah, yeah. And then she pushes him down the staircase and reports about Clark being murdered, and then Van takes her away, which leads to the the uh, 
big confrontation, which felt very. What's the movie? I know they they mentioned they. I know they referenced it in Back to the Future too. Oh, um, oh man, I am not it sure. It was a uh, Clint Eastwood movie, western. Oh yes, it's the. Um, it's not. It's not the good and the bad, the ugly. It's the other one. Um, because he. It's one of the cowboy movies. Yes, it's um. Oh my god, I I'm not sure. I can't remember, but I know exactly what you're talking about. It's from the western where he has the thing. They've done it in wrestling a bunch too. Like they do it all the time. Um, but it's a good kind of claim. Are you looking it up? Yeah. Is it Unforgiven? Uh, Fistful of Dollars is what I'm getting. Yeah. Okay, which is one of the three Man with No Name movies. So that's Fistful of Dollars, A Few Dollars More, and Good, the Bad, and the Ugly. Um, but yeah, well, before we get there really quick is when the sheriff shows up and they're like, holy, is where's Clark? Like, is he shot? And Clark's like, huh, what's up? I got my nice clean white shirt on. No, everything's cool. Like, why? Who called you? And then she like looks around him and it's like, oh, there's a shirt full of blood, like right on the banister. Which they don't. Like, she's just like, okay. And then Clark runs away and she's like, where'd your son go? And then they all just kind of stare at each other for a beat. Yeah, I'm surprised they didn't say something like, are they an impulse? Something like, oh, where'd he go? Yeah. But yeah, they show up at the school. Or no, Clark goes on. Well, he sneaks around and goes to the sheriff's thing and bas- or the and uses the radio to be like, hey, Van, I know you're listening. Let's meet where I first saw the thing with your dad, which is the high school. And then does he have an Uzi or an assault rifle? I'm trying to think. He is has he- a semi-automatic. But it's like a smaller gun, isn't it? Yeah. Yeah. And he lights Clark up in the chest, which he Clark just stands there and he's like, what the hell? And then Lana is actually the one that takes him out. She like, what she do? She stomps his foot and then kicks him in the face and throws him into like the glass. Yeah, he goes face first into the glass into the trophy yeah. case. She like combo moves him like hardcore. I was like, oh, kind of awesome that Lana's like that. It's a callback to her training with Lex. Yeah, and future stuff. Mm-hmm. And by that, I'm talking about the Street Fighter movie. Oh God. So. Then we get a lot of kind of closing after this like final thing. So first is like Clark and Lex and Clark tells him that they put Van in a psych ward and Lex says, well, I don't think he's insane. He just like, he's somebody who's like dealing with his grief in like a very bad way. And like, he isn't necessarily like, he's kind of being like a middle ground between Lana and Clark. Yeah. And then, but just, this also does lead to Lana being more like, oh, well, here's another person that's like straight up in front of me thinks that Clark is bulletproof which will come into play in the next couple of episodes. Then Lex mentions that his physiology could, could mean that he's really, that he's, that he's possibly a meta without actually saying that he's a meta. Mm-hmm. And then we get the final Clark Lana scene where she's like, Oh, I kind of believed him and it kind of makes sense if you were bulletproof. And I also kind of wanted it. And Clark also goes like, well, I can tell you for sure that I was not affected by the meteor rocks. So technically not lying, but still not saying the truth. And that he might not ever be able to let anybody get close to him. Yeah. And then we get the final awesome scene, which is Chloe trying to delete the... Or, yeah, trying to delete the database from the computer. Doesn't have access. Which anything with the computers dates the show so bad. Because it's like, oh, I remember when Max used to have that like terrible style to like the those things which i still think it's funny that they only use max in the show yeah and then lionel comes out from like the shadows and it's like no 
Like you think that, and she's like, oh my God, you donated the computers, but this is my personal computer. He's like, yeah, but your personal computer is part of the school and it's all known from Luther Corp. So you think <laughs> I wouldn't have had my text or anything? And then, and then he threatens her. Oh yeah. He straight up says like, if I ever see you researching like my family again, like nothing will help you. And then she also tells him that her files on Clark are not on that computer. And that is like where this kind of closes out. Which also ties into something that will happen in the next pair of episodes. This like researching the Luthers. Overall, this episode was pretty awesome. It's pretty fast paced, which yeah, is why a lot, I, lot is happening. Yeah, which is why we kind of ran through it. But there's not a lot of talking scenes. It's a lot of like action, which is really good. Like I think, like the it gives more weight to when there are like interactions with like the like the talking like the more slow paced scenes because they stand out so much like both or all three of the Lionel scenes are fantastic in this and then the doing the surgery like the ghetto surgery on Clark also stands as well as the bullet making like all those scenes where people are like kind of like very slow stand out a lot in this episode because of how action oriented most of it is so um I only we usually do this have been doing this at the end of both but since with this one, I would say like there's Lionel's my MVP, but there's almost nobody that I didn't like. I thought everybody played their parts really well. The only thing I could do without was maybe like that first, um, their first like uh, them talking about the metas was really not a great scene. And I think they could have handled the opening, like explaining who Jake was a little bit better. So then make, making that entire situation make a little bit more sense. For him to just go from like, I want to ask her out, and then she kind of like blows him off to straight up, he becomes a murderer. Yeah. Like that was like a little jarring. Like if they would have introduced that character like a little bit further, like or a little bit earlier, it would have had a little bit more, made more sense and stuff. But I'm not sure. Did you have any like big thoughts on this episode? Um, well, like I'm on the Smallville wiki and. They mentioned that in a sense, man is responsible for Lex, like his future path into villainy. Like Lex first becoming aware of the possibility of Meteorocks, like the mutations, and then the 33.1. And Fan is possibly, or there's those characters sort of similar to mm-hmm. uh, Bloodsport. Oh, wait. Bloodsport is it the character is a character Bloodsport? Yeah. Okay. I didn't I don't know the character. He um like it's straight up it's straight up exactly how it was in the like in, in this episode. Like in the comics, uh an agent of Lex Luthor persuades Bloodsport that Superman is made is the enemy and gives him bullets made from kryptonite. It's pretty interesting. Yeah, yeah, I'm seeing on the thing. It's interesting. I've never heard of this character. Um, it seems very 90s. Oh, yeah, it was. And he also appeared in the uh, JLA Avengers crossover. Yeah, because he straight up looks like a... Um, Rob Liefeld? Yes, you nailed it. Like, that's what I was, <laughs> he straight up looks like a Rob Liefeld like, X-Force character with like the shoulder pads and the pouches and the wrist guns and his giant thighs to like tiny ankles and small waist. Well, yeah, like I I thought this was a really good episode and I think it, 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 it brought up some interesting things, obviously kryptonite bullets and it sets up like a bunch of stuff. So the stuff like it furthers the stuff with Chloe, the stuff with Lex 
um, and his father, Lex thinking that he might be a meta, and the kind of beginnings of Lex's mental state, which will be like a huge part of the season. Because that is part of the thing that he has to undergo with his father, I think is mentioned one of the insurance things, which will go further into the next couple of episodes. So I think we could move on to our second episode, Slumber. So this one starts like real (laughs) different. Yeah. Um, So basically Clark is at Crater Lake and then Lana shows up and then decides that she should go skinny dipping because there's nobody else there and clark joins her and while they are skinny dip well first just clark jump in jumps in and then he like disappears for like a good like 20 seconds and then pops up behind lana and then right when they're about to kiss a random girl comes running through the forest and is screaming and obviously clark like goes and like chases after her and she gets like sucked underneath the ground and then Clark is talking about how he did everything he could to find her. And then he goes to school. Or they, I think it's the parents tell that they're going to tell the sheriff. And then, oh, you know what? This is why it makes sense. I'm totally dumb. So this is when they tell him they're going to give him the new truck. And then Clark goes to school, apologizes to Lana. And then he sees the girl staring at, like, the trophies. And then... Yeah. There's like he sees the reflection with the red monster and then Pete is behind him and then Pete shows up and Pete's like, hey, man, like way to not show up for the exam. And he's like, what the hell are you talking about? And like basically Clark, Pete- Clark is like, Pete, did you see that guy? What guy? How could you how could you not miss him? Or how could yeah. you miss him? Man? Big cape, big red cape on. Yeah, it, it, this is like I guess this is like a horror episode. It's very like weird. But, like, I did realize the one thing, which I'll get to, is that, like, basically, then he goes, uh, Clark goes to Chloe, and the wall of weird is dismantled, and, like, all this stuff is going on. Oh, yeah, she's done chasing women. Yeah. Uh, Clark goes to the Luther mansion, and he has a, after receiving an urgent message from Lex, Lex, like, grabs, like, a samurai sword off the wall and gives, like, this Oh, yeah, and just tries to cut Clark's arm off. Well, he goes to like chop Clark and then Clark blocks it with his arm and he's like, I knew it. I knew it. All you have to do is come to me and this would never happen. Now and, everyone is going to know your secret. And I'm going to do everything I can to destroy you. And then he Clark goes home to go tell his parents. But then he finds the girl Sarah outside looking freaked out. And then she's like, oh, I really like lilacs, but you can't let the traveler take me again. And then the red hooded figure appears and goes and like has like zombie hands. And Clark approaches him, and he literally gets, like, the traveler, like, chucks him across the yard, and then kind of, like, cloak and dagger style cloak, like, engulfs Sarah, and then disappears into the ground. And then, (laughs) this is where I was like, wait, what is going on? Clark wakes up in his loft, or in the couch in his loft, and his parents are like, yeah, you've been asleep for, like, a day and a half. Yeah, 36 hours. So, yeah, basically everything we had seen, which is why it makes sense that the blue truck isn't there in the next episodes. I just realized that everything we had seen so far is a dream. So the whole first half of this episode is completely not real. So that's a little wonky, but it does set up some interesting things. So now that Clark is all freaked out and he's like, yeah, the girl's name is Sarah Conroy. And Jonathan's like, oh, there's like a people that moved in in Lana's old house called the Conroy's. They have a teenage daughter and he's like, oh, and then he's basically the rest of the episode is trying not to fall asleep um, because he's afraid that he won't be able to wake up. And basically, his, par- they, his parents say not to go and interact with her. 
But Clark goes and talks to Lana. Lana shows up and brings him his missed homework. And he's like worried about her. So she's like, well, why don't we just go and talk to her? And she doesn't think he's crazy. And when they go and visit her, I think we see yeah, the uncle shows the uncle is there. And he's like, yeah, she like she was asleep in the car, which is the only reason that like she's alive. Your parents went off a bridge. They used to live in Smallville. And Clark notices the lilacs. And basically the uncle's like really freaked, like weirded out by all this. And then Clark sees the medallion he has which has a symbol very similar to the cloaked figure, which is St. Christopher, the patron saint of travelers. And then basically kind of shushes them out of the house while he says he has to give Sarah her medication. Did you notice something else about this episode? No. What's what did them? REM did every single song. Oh my God. Well, they, like they, every song in here is by REM. That's hilarious. Yeah. And, and Chloe mentions REM, the like the oh REM sleep oh yeah god. but she, she doesn't call it REM she says REM sleep yeah oh my god I did not notice that <laughs> that's that's hilariously terrible um, I did notice uh, losing my religion was a song in here but oh wow I just I was not I was surprised to see to hear everybody hurts oh man but then we get a hilarious scene I think only because of we get to see shirtless uh, Glover. Because Lex shows up to his to Lionel's office, who's getting a massage, um, and then he gets up and is basically like he's like in this like robe, but like showing off his muscles. And basically, like Lionel isn't letting Lex go anywhere, and he's like, "Is this because or like uh, into access certain files?" And he's like, "Do you think I'm going to betray you again?" And he's like, "Well, why have you refused the psychological profile?" And sec- Lex says that like, "Oh." well, you always said that like that stuff is BS. Okay, I I the the REM music or the songs by them are mainly played throughout the dream sequences. Oh, that makes sense. It's still goofy, but it's hilariously goofy. And if apparently, it's poor, poor Pete only appears in he like he only his only appearance in the episodes in the dream. Oh, oh yeah, you're right. It's in that like one scene, right? Yeah. <laughs> Well, you know, Pete's kind of in this weird spot, which is why he will be leaving the show soon. Yeah. But um, basically, Lex is like, fine, I'll do it. And they have like a very awkward hug. And then this is when Clark goes and tells Chloe about the dream and how he knows specific details. Chloe says that like, you know, she was here with the meteorocks, like they car crashed there. So like, and it may have given her telepathic abilities, but she's not. So like she keeps getting into Clark's dreams. Um. Clark says that every time he didn't wake up until the traveler appeared and says he thinks it's her uncle. They want to investigate him, but she has a deadline for the daily planet. But so Clark and Lana search it and they find out that Sarah's parents are rich and that she inherited everything. But as long as she's incapacitated, the uncle can control it all. And Clark is kind of super tired. Lana gives him a cup of coffee, but he falls asleep. Which they do that really good TV job of like, he's just like kind of nodding and then he nods back up. So he's like, oh yeah, I didn't really fall asleep. But obviously he did because Sarah's right there. And then she's like trying to, he's trying to ask her questions and then she gets taken by the traveler again. And then the next thing, Clark goes to Lex and at, tells asks about the dreams. He asks about the store, but he's like, oh, it's actually from a Kurosawa movie that I really like. Which is kind of funny because that ties kind of into the last episode because the um, 
we call it the Fistful of Dollars is based on a Kurosawa film. It's like an American remake of one of Kurosawa's movies. Uh, but Lex does tell him that based on the reports that uh, Sarah should have woken up, but the, they could not find any evidence. And when they were going to look into it more, that's when the uncle moved. Uh, he playfully goes to hit Clark with the sword and Clark's like, ah, and he's like, dude, it's a prop. It's dull. And basically tells him you should go take a nap. But instead, Clark goes and sees Sarah. He brings the flowers and then x-rays the medicine cabinet and grabs some of the medicine and then just leaves and doesn't even close the lock that he busted, which is like a big problem I always have with the show. Yeah. And her uncle just like comes in and sees that. He's like, oh, shit. Yeah. It's like, well, he didn't really have to break the lock like that much. Yeah. And, and then he doesn't even bother to close it, but he could have like kind of figured out a way to get into it and get it. Or at least, like, seen it and, like, remembered what it was called and researched it. But, like, he didn't have to tip this, tip them off so quickly. But it is kind of what ends up happening is really funny. So, like, he has the stuff and he's on his way home and he's driving. And then he, like, looks over and Sarah's next to him and he's like, oh, wait. Oh, shit. <laughs> he's like, if you're here, that means I'm asleep. And yeah. cuts, cuts to gigantic yeah. car wreck. Yeah. And, like, the truck is, like, totally flipping and being destroyed. And then the, the Kent show up, but with Lana, they pull Clark out. He's obviously fine, but he's unconscious. And then, um, I'm trying to think what happens. She, or they go to, to, they pull him out of the car. And Lana ends up going over to the house where she gets tranked. Oh, yes, yes. Yeah, Clark's talking to Sarah in the dream. And then Lana goes to, like, confront the uncle and she gets yeah she gets the needle in the neck which again is like a funny thing where like everybody just reacts like to the extreme in these shows like even to like today but like he's just like oh my god you're random teenager like he's like i'm just giving her medicine you have no proof i'm doing anything else but i'm just gonna inject you with this and then now i have the trouble of now faking your death since i have now assaulted you an underage child yeah god this show but it's not like I, I want to say it's like this show, but it's like all shows that are kind of in this genre, like not just like superhero shows, but like like any sort of like crimey shows like there's the conveniences are just like a thing you have to live with. Just sometimes they're so terrible. So <laughs> this one is funny. So Clark basically tells like Sarah that he can't do anything until she wakes up and then she basically stands up and then the clouds are the sun and then Clark heat visions the figure and it blows up. So he wakes up and he does something that he hasn't done before, which he both uses his x-ray vision and his like super, like a telescopic vision that we haven't even seen him use before. And like, sees super far into the woods also x-raying it. And then we cut to the uncle with a lighter and he's going to burn Lana in. I don't even know whose truck that is. I guess it's his. Or he could have just killed somebody and took their truck. Yeah, because it's not hers. Like she's like never in a car. Like she's always getting like picked up. She's well, always no, in the previous episode. She was driving a truck. Oh, I guess then it's her truck. I don't know. It's just a truck. It's another pickup truck. Well, oh, obviously, yeah. the, the line <laughs> is. I'm looking at the line right now. If you kill her, there'll be no more money. And he says, "Who said anything about killing her?" Yeah, he's just gonna like put her in an even deeper coma. I think he's just like gonna like permanently like fry out her brain. So, yeah. but. Clark, like, does what he always does and basically, like, chucks him into a tree and knocks him out. And then this is where we get more of the, like, some of the more interesting stuff, which is Lex deciding he's going to take the psychological test because he has nothing to hide. 
and then Clark meeting Sarah for the first time. And she's like, oh, I never thought I'd met like the man of my dreams. Like, and they have like a bunch of little puns. And basically she's like, you know, like, I know I was just a visitor, but like I was in your dreams and I may have been the, or is it like the lines? Like I may be in the girl of your dreams, but in your dreams, but I'm not the one that you're in love with. It's like, I could tell that you're like deeply in love with Lana. So you shouldn't hold back. Trust someone that's been like asleep for, what did she say? Like eight years. Yeah. Which basically means like she has the mind of like an 11 year old or 10 year old. or I mean, maybe even younger. Cause to say she's like 18, 17 or 18. So she went to a coma when she was like eight or nine. So she has like her mental abilities and like capacity. Like it's like, cause she'd be like super stunted. Cause she also says that like, she's never had this action. So she's just been kind of out of it for that entire time. This is like the first time she's actually had any interactions with another human. I'm like, just realizing that. So, so she's basically like the mind of like an eight year old girl and like a 17 year old body. <laughs> But basically, to, to, quote, to quote Lex from this episode, I bet a shrink would have a field day with that scenario. Yeah. Uh, so we kind of close out with uh, Lana's coming over to help Clark study for the exam. Uh, and basically, it's like, oh, you know, it's been really hot. Maybe we could go to Crater Lake tomorrow and like hang out, even though I know stuff is being weird. And Clark's like, I don't know if skinny dipping is such a good idea. And then she's like, skinny dipping? Who said anything about that? Yeah, maybe, maybe in, your, in your dreams, Clark. Yeah. And then that's how it closes out. So this episode is, it's fun. Like, it's a fun episode, but it's also, like, super goofy. Like, it is, I don't know, it's really funny. Like, it's it's funny in, like, how bad it is at certain points. Oh, there's another character that, while it, the Traveler is not, it's more of a resemblance. The Time Trapper, who's an enemy of the Legion of Superheroes. Oh, see, I was thinking more of Desaad, but yeah. Like he has a very, it's like that, like it's a very simple look. It's like a robed figure with spooky hands. Oh yeah, he looks like the trapper. But um, there's like a. I'm looking at like the continuity things. So like, um, apparently at some other point someone else moved. Like they met Clark mentioned oh, someone yeah. moved to the house. The orange cat. So that was like in se- the end of season two. So this no, is that, like was, a, that was midway through season two. Yeah. So this is like another person. We just never met those people. So those people were only there for like six months and then moved out. We got to get out of here. This is a crazy town. Oh, I didn't even. So one of the things, so there's like a, so the sword that Lex has, he says it's from the film Throne of Blood, which is Kurosawa's interpretation of Macbeth. Yeah. Which Macbeth has a lot of kind of things to do with the Luthers. So that's kind of an interesting kind of thing. And not just that, it's his Throne of Blood is Lux's favorite Kurosawa film. Mm-hmm. I'm looking, so so apparently there's posters in the school that say Emerald Knights. Yeah, the Green Lantern Corps. So this is like, I don't know, I think of the, like, if we like do pairs, like this is weaker of the pair. There's still some interesting things in it, and it's fun for the most part, and how goofy it is. Um... I still think Lionel is probably my MVP because he's awesome. And the uncle would be my LVP because his like mustache twirling evil bad guy. Yeah. He's just super over the top. But um, otherwise, it's a fine episode. This is like one of those annoying throwaway episodes that the only thing that really is there's like a little tiny bit of setup with the Luthers. But otherwise, it's like, I don't know. Like the most interesting thing I found was like, oh, it's like this girl looks super familiar. And then like I looked up her INDP and she's basically in everything. 
so she's been in a ton of movies she does like a crazy amount of tv stuff she's been in supernatural um she was in freddy versus jason which was before this uh she was in stargate what was the other one she was in psych um what was the one I was looking at? Oh, she was in Being Human, which was a show that starred a another Smallville alum who is currently in Supergirl, Sam Whitner, uh, Whitmer, and former and former uh, Jimmy Olsen, Sam yes. Huntington. And yeah, she's and then she was in Hannibal. Like she's done like a bunch of stuff. The Arrangement, which is a show my wife watches. Maybe that's where I've seen her in. I'm just walking through. I don't know what character she played in it, but that's probably what I saw her in. Like walking through a room. And she is currently in The Order, which is a Netflix show that is coming out soon, uh, like a horror show. So she's been working a lot. I think she's fine in this episode. The only person that was really not good was the uncle. Well, you can't have winners. Yeah. 100%, like all the time. So otherwise, like I say, these are a pretty good pair of episodes. And have you noticed that most of these episodes have been connected, like either through at least a mention of, like of a character. So in this episode, uh, Claire Foster or Dr. Foster is mentioned in this episode. Oh, like his ex. No, not. Uh, oh no, no, no. The therapist. Yes. Yeah. Clark's our Superman psychiatrist in the comics. She makes her maybe her Smallville debut in the next episode. Yeah. I did not know that she was a combo character. That is interesting. But uh, yeah, we, which can talk us to like so quickly. The like next two episodes are so the next one is Perry. It's our first appearance of Perry White, played by the totally amazing Michael McKean, who has been in a billion things. And I think he actually does like a pretty awesome job at this character. And he does come. He comes back and reprises the role later, like way later on. Right. Yeah. When he when they when Martha drops the bombshell that they're dating. Yeah, he comes back and he's in season nine and ten. Yeah, he he has a voice credit cameo in the uh, season series in the finale. Yeah, but I do like him in this. And then the second episode we'll watch next week is Relic, which is like this weird, like flashbacky episode where Clark is seeing like visions of the past, where him and Lana are playing other characters. They do this in so many shows, but it is a great show for learn. It is actually a great episode in kind of the lore build of like this world because we learn a crazy amount of like lore in that episode which is the part that makes it awesome yeah they do a similar thing and i think season six or seven where it's like a like a noir episode yes that's where we get i think the one you're talking about is where we follow uh jonathan yeah i thought it was jonathan's grandfather it's like clark's great grandfather or something like that i thought it doesn't it uh, follow i thought it I thought they did an episode that straight up follows like Hiram or like one of other the one of the other Kents at some point. Maybe I'm thinking of a different episode. It could be different. Yeah, I feel like they did an episode that follows. Oh, it also stars one of the awesome uh, like character actors in that episode, and it's the return of the Smoking Man from X Files. So uh, I cannot wait to talk about those. I just watched them before we started recording, but um. I think that pretty much wraps us up for this. So don't forget, you can uh, check out me and Alan. We also do on, so on Thursday is part of the Phantom Zone, which you'll be listening to this. Just keep downloading the shows. You will get, uh, and now comics, where the two of us and 
usually John and sometimes a Connor or two, or one of the Connors will sometimes join us. And we talk about like comic books and the current state of comics and news. And then on Thursdays, if you go to losthorrow.wordpress.com, you can find Legion of Tunes, which is our other podcast where we talk about cartoons. A lot of them tend to be comic book related. We're trying to stretch it out, but we just finished our review of the first part of season three of Young Justice, which I think we all enjoyed a lot. And Alan also has another podcast on Los Haro that is Los Haro Games. And you guys do that every Sunday or Monday, right? It comes out every Sunday or Monday. Uh, we're we're doing this the next episode tomorrow. Oh, no, we're actually doing it tonight, right before Phantom Zone. Yep. Gotta do too many podcasts. I know, you and me especially. But, um, that is my phone ringing for some reason. But, um, which is hilarious. I usually have them, but of course now I don't, and it does. Um, yeah, you can check out all those things. Don't forget to rate, review, and subscribe, and tell a friend about all of the podcasts. And join us in the Phantom Zone Facebook group and chat. We're always posting up on there. And uh, we will catch you guys in the next episode. I'm Lou Gonzalez. I'm Alan Muir. And this podcast stands for truth, justice, and the American way.